What's up, ladies and gentlemen? I'm Peen Peen. And I'm Union. No, I'm not Union. <laughs> that, that's a girl. That's a little girl. <laughs> <laughs> and you, you. You, you. <laughs> it's okay. We'll get, we'll get used to the lore at, uh, at some point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not, not tonight, apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, welcome to the Shinigami Love Apples podcast. Uh, so this is our second podcast now. So we actually managed to make two. That's, uh, an achievement in and of itself that we didn't just quit after one. Uh, today is going to be a fun one too, because we're actually starting off with our actual format and I just closed the fucking, (laughs) (laughs) I closed the actual notion I was using Uh, to reference what I said. So that's really awesome. Um, but today we're actually going to, uh, start with our format for how these episodes are going to go. So. Um, instead of introducing like each section, I think I'm just going to like roll with mm. it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and we'll go with there. I'll, I'll make sure, you know, t- Twitch hopefully keeps up. <laughs> well, yeah. Whatever. Uh, well, you know, anyway. Uh, so how was your week? Uh, you, you, <laughs> you, John. I'll just call you, you, John. You, John's nice and easy. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, it was simple. It was chill. I worked. I did my thing. I started reading. God forbid. I know. Because <laughs> I'm illiterate. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like now. How many pages did you get through today? Two. Yes. Yeah, I actually read two whole chapters of The Shining this oh, morning. <laughs> of See, thirty. Okay. <laughs> that's not bad. No, that's not bad though. That's almost ten yeah. percent. You know, that's, that's pretty yeah, good. That's pretty good. Um, I also started reading My Dress Up Darling, which is actually kind of interesting because the show and the manga are actually very different. Like, it's all the same content, but in a completely different order. Oh. Yeah. Oh, like, episodically? Like, the, the, the events like things happen that, in different Yeah, orders? things that happen, happen sooner and vice versa compared to the show. That's weird. Hmm. I'll have to read more of it so I could get an actual example. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head, but there's something that happened earlier in the manga that they then referenced later, but in the anime, they just put it later. Huh? Yeah. All right. I, yeah. Um, so my week, this has been fun. I, so obviously we know that we're recording this podcast on a Thursday night. Right. Um, as opposed to like our preferred weekend recording time. And that's because my, uh, <coughs> employer <coughs> has decided that having any sort of routine is completely unnecessary and useless. It, I should just enjoy the pain and agony of working overnight. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so all of you listening to this now have no idea the agony we went through this, this past week, <laughs> getting the podcast published. Yeah. <laughs> that was a piece of shit. Uh, just, it was so brutal because <clears throat> Spotify was easy. It was click deploy and Spotify was just like, here you go. It'll be up in like a couple hours or whatever. And we were like, cool. You know, they have to make sure we're not botting and, you know, uh, posting, you know, clips of people orgasming. (laughs) That's that's our shit. Well, they actually, Spotify had an issue where, because you could just upload whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted in the podcast category, people were just ripping movies because they have video on on, uh, Spotify. People were, (laughs) ripping whole ass movies and putting them on for free <laughs> on Spotify. So, you know, yeah, with, with as bad as DRM is like <laughs> in, the, in the shit we had to get around to watch silent voice, yeah. like, oh you know, God. but as bad as that stuff is, and we'll talk about that later for sure. Yeah. But like as bad as this stuff is, no wonder people are like, you know, just right. Dying to get around stuff. <laughs> also, I forgot to start a timer, but it's fine. I know we're like five minutes in. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna if I don't keep myself accountable, I will definitely we'll just keep going. Just keep going forever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so but Spotify was easy. We clicked and it deployed. Um iHeartRadio is definitely a website <laughs> yeah. made by boomers <laughs> because I get on the website, it's like, oh, you know, uh, submit your email and all this other stuff. Yeah. And so we do. Watch and, watch iHeartRadio be our like main <laughs> audience. <laughs> the main audience. <laughs> Somehow that's just where yeah. everybody clicks from. Yeah. So if you're listening from iHeartRadio, we're so glad we could <laughs> offend, I mean, welcome you. Um, but iHeartRadio still has not deployed the podcast because it says our emails mismatch because it's going through a hashed email, like a ah. protected email to avoid spamming us right. because that's the way Acast does business. And 
<laughs> because it's going through a hashed email, that email and the email I actually registered the account to mismatch. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> oh, this is fake. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And then Apple. <clears throat> Apple. Mm. Apple. <laughs> Shinigami may love apples. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. But they don't love that apple <laughs> because that apple, that fucking apple. Yeah just got me into a login loop where I, I would log into the podcast system and it's like, nope, logged me back out, solved that, had to install iTunes on a PC, by the way, that didn't work. Had to get on iTunes on my wife's Mac yeah. just to kind of like work my way around it. And that was just logging into my Apple ID. Yeah. Then when I created that, I had to go back to the PC, still download iTunes to make sure that it's sync. It just, it was, it was bullshit. <laughs> it was great. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that's kind of our week. And now for our first section, we're going to introduce you to, which we are going to call the part where we backpedal. Yeah. Go man. <laughs> because <laughs> we're going to talk about the stuff we forgot to talk about True. in previous podcasts, as well as stuff that we got definitely fucking wrong. Right. Yeah. And we're going to get yelled at for. <laughs> so you as a listener or viewer, um, are going to get to, uh, spam us with hate mail for all the things yeah. we get wrong. And then a week afterwards, uh, we will take your corrections at, to heart and actually apply them to the podcast. So um, last week I mentioned we were going to talk about our uh, first and our favorite, or I guess like current uh -huh. uh, anime character crush. Ooh. Go. <clears throat> um, I'm actually really excited to talk about this because my... Just let me, just, do, I, do I even get to guess? Is, is it Marin? Is it, is it, is it Muddy? Well, yeah, but... <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's current. <laughs> that's my current one. I'm, okay, I'm, I'm excited okay. to talk yeah, about my my first ever because there's only probably like three people in the entire world that is going to be able to understand a single word that's about to come out of my mouth. My first uh, true love was a girl named Ellie from a show called Rave Master, which I don't think anybody fucking watched except for me, but I am beyond obsessed with her. And I honestly, I really Rave, want to watch it. What what is, what what is Rave Master? Um, it was just a show. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't okay. even remember Hold what on. it was I gotta, about. I gotta, I gotta look this. It's from uh, it's from the creators of Fairy Tale. I think it is pretty similar. I don't know. It was just like a fun oh, little oh, adventure oh. show. <laughs> Did you? I could you went to the wrong Reddit, did you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think by all definitions, I went to the right uh, Reddit. Of course, of course. Um, but no, I just, uh, yeah, I just looked her up, and I got fan art right off the bat. Yeah, I got massively hypersexualized fan art. Yeah, so it's just like, oh, actual character, actual character, actual <laughs> character, booba, actual character, actual. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, she was great because it was right about the time that I was like discovering life like my my uh my my, not my subconscious my i don't know <laughs> what happens when you're like a little kid and you don't know anything and then all of a sudden you start to grow up and like your brain makes connections and stuff uh and you remember things and you, you have an epiphany <laughs> i don't know yeah, religion. Whatever. I don't know. Uh, this is a thing uh i don't know i think it's just your conscious i don't know what it doesn't matter what it is but yeah um she was very important to me as okay. a child my first anime crush is Asa Shigure from Shuffle, <laughs> which we're talking about today, uh -huh. exclusively because she was the first anime girl I gave a crap about, and that was enough. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I just, I had no standards. It was just, she was cute in the first anime I ever saw, and it was just like, yep, that works. Yeah. First chick I laid eyes on, that'll work. There you <laughs> go. Just, that was it. Actually, I think... No, that was a different character. I was gonna say there was a character who had like heter heterochromia and different uh, uh -huh. colored eyes, but no, that that's not her. Um, anyway, um, and then current. Oh, uh huh. That's actually really hard. Damn. Yeah. Normally, I would say saber because it's always uh -huh. saber. Sure. And now I actually have to think about it. And be like, I'm looking at my shelf for yeah. Well, advice. I was gonna say like, you have you have red redhead boy. Or oh, dude, Chigiri Hyoma. Ugh. Yeah. Or there's yeah, actually, um, yeah, probably Chigiri from Blue Lock. Yeah. yeah. Or Darkness absolutely. was my other. Or thought. Darkness. Yeah. Both of those would probably qualify as my my current. Yeah. Depending on which way I wanted the door to swing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh. Anyway. Uh. The other thing we wanted to backpedal on was 
I think the song you had. Oh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Not only did I just absolutely butcher the name of the song, it wasn't even the right song. So, uh, <laughs> okay. I, uh, the correct song is called X Gene. And the okay. reason why I got them confused is because oftentimes I actually listen to music via YouTube over like Spotify or, or whatever, which is what I normally use because I like to watch music videos. I mm-hmm. just audio is really boring to me. Uh, so they, they actually have a performance video there where they combine both of those songs together. Cause they're both like the, the first one's the intro to the album altogether. And then the second one X gene is just a really short song. So they just like put them together. Hmm. And uh, so I had a 50, 50 shot and I chose the wrong one. <laughs> well, I also chose the one I couldn't pronounce, which is really stupid because I should have just gone with the one that I could pronounce to begin with. But yeah, yeah anyway. X gene is easy. His no yeah you know a little trickier yeah yeah also uh i mentioned the voice actress for um uh nishimiya from a silent voice oh yeah uh and i wasn't sure if she was deaf or not what i got wrong or what i was misremembering is the english voice actress is actually a deaf person oh the japanese uh voice actress isn't okay interesting Uh, that's almost an incentive to like listen to the english version because i wonder if it's feels yeah authentic? I, I, don't I don't know, know. yeah i don't know I, I heard i've heard that the, the english version actually is done very well but i mean by any standard it's like that's i'm not even gonna start the dubs subs war yeah. kick yeah. that off yeah but i like, don't know yeah <laughs> i'd rather just listen to it in japanese regardless but uh yeah anyway that was cool also the act the voice actress for her is the voice actress for your which is just just mind-blowing to me that because they're be, so vastly yeah a, a depressed a, d- a depressed deaf person who can only kind of sort of speak. And then also your super over the top badass. <laughs> yeah. And I wonder how, how difficult it was to um, kind of thank you. RF noise. Yeah. <laughs> just punctuating uh. everything I say. It's just, it's the greatest thing. It really yeah. is. I just, <laughs> I, I, uh, anyway, um, but like, uh, I wonder how difficult it was as a actress who I assume does not have any form of disability. Not that I could find. Not no. that I, not that you would know of yeah. to then recreate it without being mean or yeah. yeah sound like bad. I mean the whole point of the movie, and we'll talk about this later, but like given the themes of the movie, that must've been even more difficult to not take yeah. it too lightly. Like that's yeah. hard to deliver, but again, good voice acting though. Um, and talking about uh, anime movies and anime in general, so uh, this week we wanted to catch you all up on what we think is hot and what's not mm. in a bunch of different categories, starting with anime. Um, so for me, I wanted to give my first impressions of solo leveling. This was massively hyped mm-hmm. literally everywhere. It doesn't matter. Crunchyroll hyped it. Every studio who is a studio hyped it. Yeah. It was just this big thing, I guess, because it's like it was based off a of Korean webtoon. So okay. I was told, I guess, or it's, or it's derived from some sort of Korean version of manga uh-huh. as opposed to Japanese manga. Gotcha. And all the names in the anime are Korean, which is kind of cool. Mm. Um, but like, <clears throat> I don't know why it was hyped so yeah. hard. I don't know what about it. It's just an isekai. It just it's and in thus far. It's kind of par for your course isekai. Right. <laughs> um, the, the weird thing is though, I guess it's isekai instead of the person being teleported to the or like being rebirthed in this uh-huh. other world, the isekai has come to the current world and inserted itself. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, my initial impressions are literally straight down the middle, meh. Like I have right. no thrill over it. It's only three episodes in uh, as far as like currently airing. Um, uh-huh. But none, none of it makes me go, ooh. Right, yeah. It just it just is. Hmm. That's, yeah. Um, and then I just finished Kill La Kill, which I had never seen. Yeah. And Kill La Kill for me probably started off at like a pretty solid eight or nine mm. comedic fan servicey as hell. Right. Just com- it's a, it's made by Trigger and Trigger has, as a studio is known for being completely unhinged yeah. <laughs> and over the top. And I just kind of accept that that's the way that is. Yeah. That's fine. Um, but uh, the, as the series went on, it just wore on me. It wore on my nerves where it's just right. like, Oh, okay. Yeah. This has been you can, after being over the top for like I think it's what twenty four. Oh, I gotta go look at my anime list. Make sure I'm mm-hmm. not saying this wrong. Um, yeah. I think it's like twenty four episodes. Uh, let's see. Let's... 
King of Kill a Kill. Kill a Kill, yeah. <clears throat> 24 episodes. Uh, again, I get around 12, and I just uh-huh. shut down, and I went, okay, just, I, there's too much of yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, it went from like a solid eight at the beginning to like a mm. s- seven creeping on a six. Right. And there were like some twists, and it's just like, all right, yeah. anime trips. <laughs> so, yeah, <clears throat> unfortunately, I don't think it uh, worked as well as I would have wanted it to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's kind of how I felt when I tried, I attempted to watch that years ago, like mm-hmm. when it first came out, and I was the same thing where I was just like, there's so much happening, and my tiny little brain couldn't handle all of that. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. Anyway, speaking of potentially overhyped, but is actually still really good, uh, I started watching Free Ren, uh, which is great. I- I'm enjoying it a ton. The is thing- it currently airing, or is it done? Uh, I think it's still airing, but there might only... If, if not, there's only like one or two episodes left, I think. Um, I don't remember, but... <clears throat> Free Run is interesting to me because, yeah, like, it re- it is a really, really good show, but I think it might, I don't know what it's, what, like, how it's, how how well it's doing uh, in Japan or anything. Oh, domestically? But, yeah. But it's, it is a very Western-friendly show um, because it's just D&D. Mm-hmm. And so, like, if you like, you know, Elder Scrolls, Lord of the Rings, or... Well, that's what the isekai D&D, genre is, right? Is it, is it? I mean, it's not it an doesn't isekai. Even, it doesn't it's just, fit in that. Way. It's just fantasy, right? It's. I mean, it is fantasy, but it is like straight up D and D through and through. <laughs> like okay. it's not just it's not Japanese fantasy. Yeah, like you would expect. It is. It is very Western fantasy, <laughs> um, which is kind of weird and doesn't. I feel like it shouldn't work, but it it works very well. But I'd be curious to see what it how it how it is doing domestically, like you said, because. It, I think it favors Western audiences a bit more, but I don't know. Maybe they like it over there. <laughs> um, either way, it is, it's a great show so far. It's very fun. It's, it's about like an autistic elf that is discovering friendship for the first time, even though she's been alive for like a thousand years. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's great. Um, um, it's worth noting that Freerin in mm-hmm. Japan uh, topped the charts. Okay. I mean, I figured they would probably like it too. It just, um, it's one of those shows that I think is going to do extra well in Western audiences because it's not, it doesn't feel like an anime, right? It's, it's kind of the same thing that I think happened with, um, like one piece and attack on Titan. Like they don't feel like anime anime. They feel a lot more than that. I don't mm-hmm. know. Oh, I'll, anyway, I'll have to check it out. It's very good. The other two shows that I'm watching are also very cute and very fun. And, and, uh, the first one is, Kaido gals are super adorable. Um, and yes, they are. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Uh, the show is a lot more censored than the an- or than the manga is. The, the manga is yeah. like straight edgy. Like they put everything out there. The anime, nice. they went very romance focused, um, okay. which for me is fine. I, didn't, I mean, I didn't, I didn't read the is manga. Is it based so. off a visual novel or anything? Like, cause that's usually the case where like, if you have like yeah. an etchy or an edoge, I guess uh-huh. if you have like an edoge, and then they're like, well, we kind of put this on TV. We got to kind of yeah, uh, yeah. cover up a couple yeah. of the dicks. And just yeah. Like, <laughs> not yeah, the booba, I'm not, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure too much about the manga. I just saw some neck beard on Reddit going absolutely feral because <laughs> they didn't show her panties in one shot or something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But uh, it's, it's uh, very cute. It's very fun. Uh, the third episode just came out, and you get introduced to the second character. Um, it's, a, it's a harem. Okay. Uh, and usually it's like... You get the one character that you really like, and then the others are just kind of there, and then you root for the one. I love both of them equally, and I kind of want them to just accept the fact that, th- that they need to be in a polyamorous relationship because <laughs> I want them both to fall in love with him. <laughs> nice. Um, and then the third one I'm watching is A Sign of Affection, which is about a deaf girl. Um, but this one is just pure romance. It's mm. It actually does feel a lot like their outfits are very Korean, like k fashion <laughs> um and and kind of reminds me of a webtoon as well I, I didn't actually look into it so i don't know where the origins are but um that's it's it's a very cute show as well and, but that one's just it's pure romance there's not really any like comedy or drama or anything it's just two college age kids fall in love with each other okay. one is learning <laughs> learning how to speak to the other one i don't know it's very fun no. I, I highly recommend all three of those uh, speaking of deaf characters, uh, 
kind of this weekend cinema was when we say cinema like as we watch this podcast we're, we're going to aim again at the japanese market but we're kind of kind of hit asia in general like if, if yeah. we if we see something from that region we're going to definitely uh cover it um but um the movie that we kind of want to feature this week and we'll be talking about it during the serious shit section mm-hmm. is uh the silent voice or it's sort of japanese translation of the shape of voice yeah um and we'll just talk about it then because there's a lot we could <laughs> we could definitely uh get yeah. into uh so going straight on to uh music this week uh kind of following up from what you introduced me to last week king slayer is fucking yeah. fire <laughs> holy shit like I, what I think is really cool about baby metal is Japan's media has always existed in this sort of uh, bubble. And it really mm-hmm. is called the Japanese bubble or the isolationism bubble because it, Japan produces content that the rest of the world doesn't really care about. And anime is only really over the past 10 to 20 years yeah. getting enough steam that you could say it's mainstream, right? And it's yeah. and, and now we're getting huge content creators drawing attention to it. You get us trying to capitalize on it. (laughs) Please subscribe. Uh, uh, But you know, um, it's it's only now become mainstream. So Baby Metal as a band getting any international exposure was kind of unprecedented to begin with. Right. But to get Bring Me the Horizon, which is kind of acknowledged as one of the current Mm -hmm. hard rock, scream rock, or, you know, screamo metal sort of bands to not only feature them in a song, but in yeah. music videos, a full live tour. Right. It's like, <laughs> dude, that is fucking awesome. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me of just like, I, I really want to do my own. Cause I've been, you know, as part of learning Japanese, once mm-hmm. I can do that again and overnight, stop killing me. Um, I really want to translate Luden's uh, from bring me the horizon because okay. it's a great song mm-hmm. and it flows rhythmically in the way it would be translated into Japanese, at least from the Japanese. I know I'm probably, right. I probably don't have it quite right, <laughs> but with just what little I've like taken yeah. the time to write down, it's like, Oh, this would flow really well. Mm, yeah. And that's something that's interesting about Japanese music is completely syllabic. Like American music, it's almost all rhyme or mm. um, like the overall meter, like the overall pattern. Yeah. But it's not syllable based. You can cheat two to three syllables together. You just mm. slur stuff and it's fine. And I guess Japanese does this too. Like if you hear like nak- nakute, you'll hear nakute. Yeah. You know, or uh, you don't, or nande, nande will become nande. Right. They'll just speed it up and they'll slur it just like we do. Yeah. But because Japanese is syllabic, it works perfectly that every syllable can be a note, which is why Vocaloid was made uh-huh. in Japanese. It's just you program every syllable for a singer anyway. Yeah. So like, translating Luden's over works because I can just play the syllables as notes and it mm-hmm. ironically works really well. So hopefully nice. at some point I'll actually get to like get around to doing that and see how it sounds. Yeah. Uh, anything that's caught your eye or just been a slow music week? Yeah, honestly, I, I haven't been, uh, I really haven't had any music like really hit me in a way that I care about in years. So. Oh, fair enough. Fair yeah. enough. Um, so going on to, uh, <laughs> video games, um, I, for those of you who aren't Genshin fans, you're going to get real tired of me real quick <laughs> because we're going to keep coming back to this. And I know it's not a Japanese game. I'm well aware, well aware Hoyover yeah. is Chinese and Dawei is Chinese and all that. Mm-hmm. But again, Genshin, I think has captured this sort of anime vibe. Yeah. It, it understands what level of over the top is necessary to be like an anime? What level of character interactions necessary to be like a JRPG? And um, I got to say, I, I I just finished Leeway's quest line, and I just yeah. started moving on to Inazuma, and it was fantastic. Like mm. I, I really underestimated Genshin going in. I expected Genshin to sort of be this. Um, once the grind kicks in, everything else will stop mattering. Right. So I was anticipating that as I got into leeway in the grind, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at adventuring 35 and I'm like, my character in my party are like level 70 pushing 80. Mm-hmm. I figured, okay, I've, I'm going to hit a brick wall. Cause there's only 20 levels to go Yeah. for uh, characters. Yeah. And I've already rolled a couple five stars. So now the grind's truly going to kick in, but the story has somehow avoided frustrating me where mm-hmm. I haven't felt like, Oh man, it's been 10 years since I saw a story quest. Right. <laughs> and the story that I'm getting is good. Mm. Like it's not filler. I, like sure. The side quests and shit are all just radiant quests, 
go talk to this person, yeah. go murder these people, you know, right. It, par for the course, but the, the actual story quests have just been fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm a, uh, I'm really excited to start doing that again because I've been in this loop of like, I only have enough time to do my dailies and then maybe collect a couple things yeah. and not like fully sit down and play it. So I'm excited to, uh, yeah, the get some time off and actually like play through some of the quests. <laughs> yes. It's really good. Uh, so now we're going to move on to our, um, kind of, uh, another section that we're introducing. So that you just heard this week, which is kind of mm-hmm. like a catch up on things we wanted to note this week. Um, this is what we call oldies with moldies and they're not necessarily going to be oldies, but we're going to be reviewing sort of anime that are on our shelves, whether yeah. it be physical or digital. Um, and the big one I want to review this week is kind of the anime that has single handedly spawned this podcast and, yeah. and, and how this even came to be, which is uh, shuffle uh, from way back in 2006. And so if you don't know, uh, what shuffle is, that's fine. It's, mm, it me. was not, yeah, yeah. It, it was not a mainstream anime in its time. Yeah. It, it was, uh, who was the studio who did this was, uh, I mean, I guess they had Katakawa, um, and it was a Funimation mm. licensed anime, but still it was just like, Oh no, here the studio was in at as read. I don't even Asred? know what else. Or have as they, read, or as read. What else have they, have they done anything else? I would uh, no. Let me just sort by rating and see uh, <laughs> what their top. Oh, they did Gare. Okay. That was popular. I do remember that name. I haven't seen it. Okay. So yeah, oh, I remember <clears throat> kitty grade. Oh, do you, I don't recognize it. Oh yeah. That like, one, uh, <clears throat> Let's just say I had a lot of long nights with that one. <laughs> uh, many awakenings were had. Yes. <laughs> but just looking at the, like, the list, I, I don't recognize most of these. So they, I'm, I'm going to guess they were not huge. Uh, they weren't a huge studio. So, you know, I, my expectations, had I known that, would have been low. Um, but Shuffle. So Shuffle is quintessential fan service harem. Um, it borderlines on etchy, but it, it stays in my mind, it stays just shy of it because the fan service yeah. is always just on the fringe. Um, but the whole thing is, it is main character meets two girls that want, or that are betrothed to him in the world of the, of the, the gods and the demons. Mm. And then a girl he's been living with, you know, the childhood friend complex, you know, that totally doesn't get recycled in every anime ever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and, um, so, he has these three girls that are always competing for him. And then he later meets, I think a fourth and maybe yeah. Fourth, including Primula. Um, Oh no. Fifth, including Asa Shigure. Mm. But the whole anime spends all this time having these girls compete for his attention for literally half a season. Yeah. We then get into the second half of the season and the anime decides, okay, we're done with the whole rom-com side. We're going to introduce some drama and at the time, it was uh, it, because it was the first slice of life slash comedy slash harem anime I had seen. I didn't have any standards, so for me, and I watched it in English. That's it's kind of funny. No one, yeah. I, I watched Shuffle before I'd ever met folks who got me an anime. This was before um, I met my brother-in-law now, right? And but like um, because I didn't really have like any strong standards. It, I watched it in English and I really, it, despite the voice acting now being horrible and I've rewatched it since and I'm like, how did I give this yeah. a 10? <laughs> it was a 10 for the longest time. And now yeah. it's like a six. That's all me. you knew. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, think I do that. that. Yeah. All the time. Like the more anime I watch, the more I go through my, my, anime, my anime list and I go like, the fuck was I thinking? <laughs> I was yeah. stoned, dude. This was good. And, and, and shuffle is exactly like that for me where, um, I, I kind of just, look at it now and go, wow, that was really bad because so during the second season. And again, when we do reviews, we're going to spoil stuff. So as part of reviewing this, the spoiler is the entire series makes all the main girls compete for him until literally the last four or five episodes where side bitch who has not been involved, Asa Shigure, uh. she's been a complete, not even connection to the anime becomes main girl. Yeah. Like harem guy decides to reject the two main girls for no obvious reason like you would never quite understand why he did it but yeah. he rejects them he doesn't want the lolly who gets introduced where it's like she comes up as a oh here's your alternative no nope, doesn't want her right um he looks at um 
his childhood friend and she creeps him out now. He's like just creeped out by how obsessed she is with him. Maybe she's a little yonder or something, you know? Yeah. Uh, she's a little too into him. That creeps <laughs> him out. So instead he gets totally into the sort of, uh, quiet, shy girl next door. That is Asa. Mm. And then the last four episodes are this hard hitting. Asa goes through this major trauma and then he has to like, rescue her and they discover he actually has magical ability. We've totally kept that quiet this whole time, you know, and, and like, and then he goes through trauma and then she saves it. Anyway, it it hit every knowing what I know now about anime and all of the tropes and sort of, um, cliches that exist. This hit every single one. It was so (laughs) bad. There's nothing redeeming about it. Like the fan service (laughs) isn't even that good. The art style is inconsistent. But for whatever reason back then, I was obsessed mm-hmm. with it, and I'm still fond of it now. Right. I mean, if I rewatched it now, I would be gritting my yeah. teeth, Yeah. especially through the worst episodes. But for whatever reason, it, and I'm lucky, because Shuffle set up an anime that we're going to review that we've both seen, because I know you haven't seen Shuffle, but mm-hmm. uh, an anime we've both seen, which is Clannad, yeah. which is going to end up on this list mm-hmm. in, in, in one of our episodes during a review session at some point. It Shuffle perfectly set me up for Clannad, because since my bar was here... right. And in an absolute world, if you were going to use critic score, it was probably mm-hmm. a four or five. Yeah. I mean, my anime list gives it what? Uh, a seven. A seven. Wow. That's actually, <laughs> that's generous. Yeah. Top of it must have been a lot of people's first anime. Uh, it, it, yeah. 2006, man, you know? Um, <laughs> but like, okay, fine. Say we go with the, the overall score of a seven, and then we go take a look at Clannad Afterstory, mm. which I'm guessing is significantly 8.93, which, you know, of course, people are like, oh, dude, that's only two points. You need to understand that a 20% change in score like that, given the number of people who've seen it, yeah. Clannad was much more visible. That's a huge change, right? Um, but Shuffle set me up perfectly because at the bar was pretty low, but yeah. I thought it was really high. So when Clannad comes along with really good character development, really good storytelling and actual genuine heart wrenching trauma. Yeah. Oh dude, it was just perfect. Yeah. It set me up perfectly. Um, but yeah, so if I had to give a score now, so back when I watched it, I probably would have given it a 10. Yeah. <laughs> I think I did actually, <laughs> cause I, I named my, my anime list account after that anime. Yeah. Uh, and no, you may not dox me, so I'll not be telling the <laughs> yeah. listeners what the actual name is. But um, I, I gave it a ten. Then, if I had to give an, a score now, uh, drum roll, sound effect that I don't have, uh, probably a six. Yeah. <laughs> and I and part of me feels like I've betrayed it by saying that, but uh, it it honestly doesn't deserve <laughs> any more uh, than a six. Yeah. All right, um, so we're going to go ahead and take a, or actually, let me make sure my agenda is right. Yes. Uh, oh, well, no, we there is one more thing. More <laughs> one more thing. New. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. And I've, um, been, I've I, been dying for this section. Yeah. Oh, I didn't it, make It's a, coming out in full force right now. Yeah, it is. And I, don't, I just realized I don't have a. You didn't make a scene for it? I didn't make a scene, but I don't have enough buttons. <laughs> oh, man. There <laughs> we go. Things, things we, we think, think are, are fucking, fucking dumb. dumb. And <laughs> you probably guess. <laughs> Let me just, for all of you listening, I'm going to torture you for two seconds. I'm going to take the gate off my microphone and I'm going to let you feast your ears on what we've been fighting. It literally took us like three hours to get this stream, to get this all set up today. Yeah. And we're still not happy with it. And this is what you're listening to. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. If you don't know what that is, we live, what, quarter mile, half mile? If that, it's really just on the other <laughs> side of the house. It's just, we live near a cell tower. I promise you, when we moved here, we had no thoughts about doing creative content. And we're like, whatever. Yeah. Well, we were just trying to find a place we could live. Also, I want to add, we have shielding up, so it could <laughs> get a lot worse. <laughs> yeah. We've, we've tried to make foil shielding, but yeah, I, hold on. I got to pay it. Yeah, this is horrible. <laughs> yeah oh that is uh, <laughs> so just be grateful that we at least know enough about audio to put a fucking gate yeah over our content because i i can't even imagine uh, not yeah. having it no i mean we, yeah we were in the middle of like trying to find a house that we could afford 
in a relatively short amount of time, the last thing we were going to be thinking about is like, oh, oh what's the cell tower radius around us? <laughs> yeah. And is it going to fuck our podcast that we want to make? Yeah. <laughs> but, well, here we are. So, yeah, things we think are fucking dumb uh, nearby cell towers. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. And we're back. Uh, if you're wondering what these breaks are for, by the way, and you're listening to this early days during the podcast, uh, eventually, hopefully, we'll have a slot there where we can do ad breaks and then not feel bad about uh, <laughs> dumping that ad to everybody instead of, like, shoving an ad break into the middle of the next sentence. Yeah. Um, so now we're going to go ahead and move on to um, the last half of the podcast, second, or second half, I guess the last half doesn't make sense. <laughs> this is the last half we're ever going to have. The second half of the podcast, yeah. which we've titled Serious Shit. And um, again, the whole point of Serious Shit is it's not supposed to be this depressing or uh, like really weighty thing, but we did want to bring up real topics from the real world because yeah. as much as we love japan and anime instead of being weebs that are just going to kind of mindlessly truck through the the pop culture uh just rush or that's not the word i want like the swamp of pop culture (laughs) instead of just like just wading through that constantly and never saying anything of value we also wanted to talk about real topics and we know already from folks we've talked to who've begun listening to the podcast that they enjoy the fact that there are going to be serious things to talk about um, so if you were here for the memes, this is the point where you shut us off and we promise we won't be offended and we'll yeah. see you next week. <laughs> and if you're here for a deeper conversation, uh, we'll get started with it. So th- we have two lighter things and then a bigger one. I want to talk about the lighter mm-hmm. things first. Um, the first kind of thing here is, um, and hopefully this doesn't play. Uh, ooh, we, uh, okay. Um, first thing is that first Instagram link in the Japan today news, um, they were talking about the Toei subway line has set up childcare support spaces uh, with characters like Thomas the Tank Engine and Miffy mm. and some others on its trains for parents with small children. Now, for those of you who don't know anything about Japanese culture or the way Japan works, riding a any sort of public transportation in Japan is a very courteous, quiet experience. Uh, you're not supposed to be talking on your cell phones. You're not really supposed to talk. You don't eat or drink. You kind of respectfully nap or keep to yourself. And just the general attitude is if what you would do or what you're doing would disturb your neighbors, stop doing that. Um, your goal is to be respectful and that, and that kind of has roots really, really deep in, in Japan, the Japanese mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem is for parents, you, uh, the reason this is in the serious shit section is because it's controversial. It has already been incredibly controversial and, and you know, JR hasn't done anything like this, like Japanese mm. uh, Japan rail. Yeah. They haven't done anything like this and no one has really thought about doing it because it would be controversial because there's an implication. The implication is, are you a Japanese parent? Do you have a Japanese child that's not, shall we say, going to be quiet and respectful and yeah. sit on their ass and not, which, which by the way, children, they're not going to fucking do that. Right. <laughs> um, in case you have children that are noisy, like children will be, uh, you can go sit in this segregated car Yeah. because you're special and annoying. Mm. And I'm trying to imagine this in any other culture. Like this would be like having uh, oh, you know what it reminds me of? Oh, this is perfect. Uh, this is the fucking wiggle giggle room. What? In churches. The wiggle giggle oh, room. I don't, I don't no, you didn't have. Never had. Never <laughs> had. Okay, one of the churches I went to had a wiggle giggle room. The whole point was, if you have a crying baby uh-huh. and it's disrupting your spiritual experience, yeah. you can take your annoying, bratty, screaming baby who doesn't know any fucking better, but mm. it's annoying anyway. You can take that screaming child, go to the wiggle giggle room, close this giant ass soundproof door. Yeah. And let's be honest, it's just a room where they would burn you to death if you know, because <laughs> that door is definitely way too thick. Yeah. Uh, but like. They put you in this room, isolated, and there your baby can cry all they want and not mm. disturb the incredibly spiritual experience oh, everyone yeah, else is having. Course. Yeah, and <laughs> this feels like that to me, mm. where it's like, oh, do you have a child? Oh, we're so sorry you're an inconvenience to everybody else. If you could go fuck mm. off to this special car, we'd appreciate it. Yeah. And I'm kind of torn on it yeah. because when I went on the LA Metro mm-hmm. um, with my wife, we we would always try to aim for the, the quiet car. Cause it was right. just like, Hey, you know, no one playing loud music, talking loudly. Yeah. No one respected it. Yeah. And part of me goes, man, I really wish people would. But yeah. then I look at this and I go, this feels like a sharper point than a quiet uh-huh. car. When the culture is already quiet. Right. This is uh maybe, yeah, a, maybe a step I mean, my, too far. My initial thought reminded me more of like 
the doctor's office, and then you'd have like the little corner with all the toys and stuff in it. Yeah. Like to me, this is more of just like a fun place where you can get loud and have you know like play around and stuff, and it's oh, not you're true. not disturbing anybody. I, from my very uh, like one eighted view on this, being a, a white single American boy <laughs> with no kids, with yeah. No, yeah, with no kids, like I I wouldn't. If somebody went over here, I wouldn't be like, oh, okay, they got one of those kids. I would be like, oh, sweet. That looks like fun. <laughs> I, I don't think I would mind them going on their own. Yeah. I think I think if a parent goes, man, this oh, is the space like I want forced? my child in. Yeah, well, like, oh, you have a kid, so you have to go over here? Well, they're not forced to. According to the article, it's it's just a train car. It's it's uh, no different than the, the, the space you're talking about in a doctor's office. No one's yeah. forcing you into it. Mm-hmm. But my concern is it is a separate car. It's yeah. not a section of a car. It's It's you as a parent have to make the conscious effort to go here. And I'm mm. almost wondering I, now the Japanese people are too polite to ever make this an issue. If yeah. this were an American car, I promise you, if you brought a noisy child onto any other train car, they would yeah. look you straight in the face and say, go to that car. Yeah, yeah. Your child can be there. Right. And so I think that's why some Japanese folks have gotten a little tilted about this is like, well, the natural implication is, well, if you have a noisy child, you need to fuck off, please. Yeah. And it's like, and I actually saw some comments this I got this originally from Instagram from the uh, Japan Today News site mm-hmm. and the Japanese comments were pretty uh, pretty inflammatory. Yeah. Most of them were along the lines of um, you know, as a parent, I can't 100% control what my child does yeah. and it doesn't make any sense that I have to go sit in a segregated car when you don't. Instead, the opposite mm. of, well, every car is a, a child-friendly car and then you have the quiet yeah. car, which is what America that does. That makes more sense, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. and that's what America does. And, and I'm not saying, I'm, <laughs> wow, I can't believe I'm saying an American thing it makes more sense than the Japanese one. <laughs> but when your culture is about being quiet yeah. and the exception is going to be children, drawing attention to the exception feels too strong. Yeah, it yeah. feels like segregation. Mm-hmm. And no, again, yeah, you took a minority. Yeah. And made them and drew attention to them mm-hmm. when they probably honestly just want to ride the train. Yeah. But yeah, uh, if any of you listening have thoughts, definitely send us some mail, which by the way, I have never announced our <laughs> podcast uh, email, but I would like to. So that way you can reach out uh-huh. if you've got comments or you want to kind of contribute. And that is Shinigami love apples under our dot podcast yeah. at gmail.com. Shinigami love apples.podcast at gmail.com. And you can kind of send us uh, your opinions and you never know. Maybe we'll read some out. Uh, the next thing is also, I believe from the Japan times. Um, mm-hmm. Did I include, there should be two links here. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's, Oh, sorry. I was uh, doubled up. Oppenheimer is finally being shown in Japan. Mm-hmm. It's been eight months since the movie released and it was not released in Japan. Yeah. And there was a huge, of just kerfuffle of folks right. uh, fighting it. And, and, and I get it. And mm-hmm. The thing is it's being shown and the general public is, as you would imagine, pretty divided on showing Oppenheimer in Japan. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think people will, people who want to see it would have gone around that anyway, right? Yeah. Whether it be through VPNs right. or, you know, pick your favorite motive. But what I find really interesting about this is not the Japanese reaction. The Japanese reaction is exactly what I ex- expect. Some folks find it traumatic. They don't want to, they don't want to even talk about it. Yeah. Other folks kind of more open-minded are like, whatever yeah. it was a past period in history. Maybe we want to see the perspective of how this came to be mm-hmm. slightly dramatized, but here it is. Yeah. That's not the part that gets me. The part that gets me is the American response to this. Huh. So if you read the article from, from the, uh, from the Japan times. What's really interesting to me is the specific reaction that has triggered the Japanese folks is the fact that in America, we thought it was funny uh-huh. to combine Barbie and Oppenheimer because of their release times uh-huh. and, and, and Barbenheimer right. became a thing. And I think for the Japanese, I think the reason this is upsetting and, and I'm going to, you know, since this is where we put our hot takes and our spicy opinions, I'm actually going to hundred percent side with the Japanese here. Mm-hmm. Barbenheimer was bullshit. It, it angered me. I am not Japanese. I cannot speak for them. Yeah. I'm going to say this in this podcast all the time. I am not currently living in Japan. I'm trying to get to live in Japan. We'll get there someday, yeah. but I am not an Ahonjin. I am not, I have no Japanese blood. I have no Japanese family. Mm-hmm. I don't really have much room to have vested interest in this topic, but yeah. from the perspective of seeing through their eyes and being in their shoes mm-hmm. that it that was annoying i saw the barbenheimer memes and i went this is probably not the movie yeah to do this with yeah 
okay, you want to do Godzilla in Oppenheimer and because there's nukes in some of those movies, mm. whatever. And the Japanese kind of just go along with it because it's sort of sci-fi. It's out of the realm of reality. Yeah. Oppenheimer is almost a biopic. Mm-hmm. It's heavily dramatized, but yeah. it's a biopic. It's an actual real world event brought to life on the, on the cinema. And Oppenheimer makes no efforts to be comedic or otherwise lighthearted mm-hmm. about it. No. So you take this movie that is, I watched it and, and I found the movie not traumatizing, but whoa, that when you yeah. realize how bad it was, it's like, yeah, <laughs> that is something. But when you then look at, take that reaction, go to the Japanese folks and it's 10 times stronger because they yeah. have a vested interest in the nation that got mm-hmm. bombed. Yeah. And it's like, Oh, we're going to make lighthearted of this. Ha ha ha. Barbie bombs. Isn't this kind of funny? Yeah. And I'm like, that is really, and the worst part is, is the studios went along with it here in the mm-hmm. States. It was when they realized how good the PR was in the U S for Barbenheimer. Yeah. Every studio went with the meme. Everybody was cracking the jokes. It didn't yeah. matter what part of the production pipeline they were in. Everybody thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. Until, and I want to point this out, very capitalist, until it started cramping the movie being released in Japan, and then everyone was suddenly very apologetic. (laughs) In fact, I want to quote the words uh, that were used. Um, There was a specific set of words. Let me find it in this article here. Uh, Where is it? Oh, here it is. Warner Brothers Japan Mm -hmm. said that the word Barbenheimer was, and I quote, extremely deplorable. Strong words, and in Japanese, I'm imagining this kind of gets into the daikirai, extremely yeah. strongly worded, mm-hmm. we hate the way this went. Yeah. Um, what I don't understand, though, is how any producer ever thought this movie was going to sell in Japan. I, I don't know, yeah. The, 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 I, don't, I cannot imagine... Well, I, I mean, to be fair, like, this is an American... Uh, film, right? Sure. In an American <clears throat> studio, you know, it was, we yeah. have like millions of of uh, movies about nine eleven. Like we love to watch ourselves be mad. So I don't think anybody was thinking that they would be any different because. And you know, it's it's perfect that you brought up nine eleven because I was going to segue there anyway. Is yeah. You know, I guess, you know, the analogy I saw online and on Reddit when this was all blowing up was, well, you know, what if we made, you know, Japan was like, well, what if we made a movie about 9-11 and, and we shut that on your doorstep with a comedy yeah. and everyone <laughs> went, ha ha, we would think it's funny. Yeah. And it's like. Because <laughs> we, we laugh off our, tra- our trauma out here. Sure. But at the same token, uh, I wonder if a lot of people feel any trauma about 9-11. Not really. Because, exactly. Unless you were in Unless, New York. And I'll bet you. If you really sat down, and I would love to query someone who's been in, you know, in this sort of situation, but I almost guarantee you that if you talked to someone with a vested interest in 9-11, someone who lost family members, yeah. uh, someone who was actually there, saw the towers fall, that sort of thing, I, I, I imagine the memes are a little less funny to them. Oh, yeah. They might take some of it in stride where it's like, it's been, you know, what now, 20 years, mm-hmm. over 20 years. Some of that, sure, you can take in stride now, but I almost guarantee it would still rub you the wrong way if someone made a 9-11 comedy movie, which yeah. now that I think about it, I don't think I've seen. I think... No, they're all serious Yeah, that I know of. Some of them get memed on, but for yeah. the most part, they're serious. But if you were to make it comedy adjacent yeah, and mix 9-11... As, in other words... Right. And don't, Airplane 3. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah. that's a perfect, uh, perfect IP. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Airplane 3. Uh, and the towers are the joke. Yeah. I, I think it would fall on more mm-hmm. bitter ears. And I think yeah. Americans would be upset. And I think mm-hmm. suddenly this should be on the other foot that, wow, we find this offensive. Yeah. So I just think it's really interesting that uh, it took this long for studios to realize eight months for studios to realize this was in poor taste to begin with. Right. I would also like to point out that in addition to that, it's a limited release. Like it's going to be mm-hmm. out for a very limited run. This is not some blockbuster event. And yeah. I, I hopefully I will remember to follow this up a couple weeks from now once it stops being news in Japan, because I'm really curious if it even mm-hmm. succeeds, if anybody goes to see it, or if the people who go to see it yeah. give it any good reviews. I'd be curious. Yeah. All right, so on to the uh, the sort of the big topic that's going to consume our last 15 minutes here, and that's a silent voice. Um, wow, what a film. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, to give you a, a brief synopsis, so spoiler warning, you know, plug your ears for a couple minutes. This is a pretty recent film. Mm-hmm. Um, 2017, I believe. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought it was more recent. No. <laughs> we're just, we're just now getting around to it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Never mind. It's not that recent. So it's, you know, fuck you for spoilers. <laughs> anyway. Um, but 
spoiler warning anyway, A Silent Voice is the mo- is a movie about a young gentleman who in elementary school is a bully. Yeah. Has the bullying and he's bullying a deaf girl um, and then has the bullying reversed onto him, but not by her. Yeah. Um, but by the people he thought were his allies in bullying uh, the deaf girl. And eventually he reaches this point where he's suicidal and he has to then spend time having a guilty conscience and trying to make up, I guess is, mm-hmm. is the impression that he's making up f- yeah. for a guilty conscience yeah. and make up for lost time. And I think a silent voice, I want to talk about this in two regards. One is from my personal experiences as a former bully. Okay. Um, and then I'd also like to talk about how it affects Japan in a real sense, because yeah. this hits some nasty stuff that mm. the Japanese are not fond of talking about. Um, so first of all, my experience, um, I was a bully, uh, and you know, the story because when I originally came to my current employer, mm-hmm. that's why I was fired from my current employer. The mm-hmm. first time was I was, I was a bully. Like it yeah. doesn't matter how you look at it. Racist, homophobic, you know, pick right. your favorites, um, dickhead checkbox right. and, and, and you could probably take it off. Um, so let me speak to bullying as a topic and trigger warning for those of you who find this sort of concept upsetting. Um, bullying is never satisfying. I'm speaking as the bully. I'm speaking as a former bully. Bullying was never satisfying. The reactions to the bullying were satisfying. Yeah. That was the thing. When you bullied someone, it was that moment of vulnerability you got Mm -hmm. from them. That was satisfying. Yeah. But it's because the reaction and that moment of vulnerability is the payoff. Mm -hmm. That is the very reason bullying does not work and why there is no profit to it. And it's actually a psychotic thing. Yeah. That's that's the thing you see in Ishida. What at the beginning of the movie when he is bullying people, like yeah. every time he is about to do something or after he does something, he immediately looks around the room to see who's laughing with him. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. he wants that sort of uh, commiseration is the wrong word, but he wants yeah the companionship that comes from right. being and it's, the bully. It's not until he does when he rips out her hearing aids and she actually bleeds that nobody laughs, and that's the moment when everybody turns on him and he yep. starts to feel ashamed. Yeah, yeah, and and what's it, what's really interesting for me again as a as a former bully is the the payoff is great when it's not you being the victim of the payoff yeah right the instant it turns it's funny how quickly your self righteousness kicks in and you get mm. upset at others like oh well you know it was fine when I was in fact that is Ueno's whole shtick for the movie yeah. is she's like she continues to live that way yeah. and her justification is why well, I still find it entertaining even if you do it mm. to me I don't care I've got Thick skin, which, by the way, that's a prominent bully technique is I got right. thick skin. It doesn't bother me. Yeah, it does. I find her interesting because she didn't get bullied back or ostracized yeah. like he did to where when they all meet each other again in high school, she didn't go through any of the learning experiences that yeah. she did had. And so she continues to bully and then is like weird about the fact that nobody's like entertained by it anymore yeah and you don't get it until the very end of the movie where you get that sort of like like there's a lot of parallels between everything that happens in the beginning more or less happens at the end yeah and the end of the movie like the actual very end last scene of the movie or sorry second to last scene of the movie is her using like learning and using sign language yeah like the thing that Ashita did where he bullied her incessantly was sad and 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 very like torn about it, and then he goes on his own to learn to ha- how to talk to her, even though he yeah. he doesn't even have contact with her anymore because she goes to a different school and everything. Um, Ueno did the exact same thing, and you get to see, or I guess you get to imply that she's now going down the same Finally. path. Yeah, yeah, better late than never, sort of thing. But because she was never ostracized, she didn't. She never grew up. She was still yeah. a bully through the and through. There was no yeah. incentive. Since the payoff was always there, but the consequences never were, right. there was no incentive for her to change. Yeah, And, and at, again, speaking as a former bully, the incentive to change is always having the bullying reversed, almost yeah. always. And that's why one of the things parents always tell you to stand up to your bullies, this is mm-hmm. one of the reasons why. Because, yeah. And I'm not saying bully the bully back. I'm not saying no. tit for tat. But the instant that pressure comes back, it mm-hmm. stops being joyful because yeah. the payoff is now has consequences. Right. And this could be in any form. It could be the victim standing up. Mm-hmm. It could be someone intervening on the behalf of the victim. So if, you know, if you're listening to this and you have friends being bullied, intervene, yeah. Yeah. you know, that, that's the stuff that I did. Like if anybody yeah. was bullying me, I would just accept it. If someone called me fat and be like, yeah, I am. That's fine. Yeah. And nobody's Defi- laughing. Cause I'm like, I accepted yeah. 
sure. the thing I wasn't supposed to accept. Yeah. And then I also like befriended all the people that were weird that nobody wanted to hang out with because yes. I, I was like, I don't know, I'll go fucking hang out with you, I guess. <laughs> now, where this gets really fascinating is when you start drawing parallels between this movie and this movie, in my mind, is a social piece. Um, for those of you again listening who are not familiar with Japanese culture, bullying in Japan is some of the worst in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Um, Japan's culture is built on a politeness and a respectfulness that comes about to some uh, a concept called honmai and tatemai, yeah. which is your real face, honmai, which is um, kind of how you really feel about things, and tatemai, which is your public face and how you present yourself in public to your uh, to your friends or sorry, like your coworkers, your yeah. boss, that sort of thing. And the thing is, in a group, the, the Japanese folks tend to do what is socially acceptable. But in private, the Japanese tend to have much different, closer to what Westerners expect of themselves, mm-hmm. opinions. So, for example, uh, actually Death Note, which this podcast is named after, does this exact thing where they ask the question, is it okay to kill criminals? Well, every mm-hmm. Japanese person asked about this in a group is going to say, and even Americans asked in a group are going to say, no, it's not. That's, that's yeah. murder. But, but <laughs> excuse me. But if you pull these people aside privately and ask them the exact same question, maybe mm-hmm. give them a little incentive because maybe they've got some loved ones in right. a bad spot. Is it okay to kill criminals? You're going to get a different answer now. Mm-hmm. Um, and this movie is, in my mind, whether it was meant to be entertaining or uh, dramatic or yeah. emotionally rewarding, is a, a, a definite social piece. It is a yeah. criticism of the way the Japanese high school system mm-hmm. is. And again, I don't have any horse in this race, but I promise there are going to be Japanese folks who I hope will listen into this and understand they have had yeah. in the past a horse in right. this race or do now. And bullying in Japan takes this exact format. Yeah. It's not usually bullying in the sense of American bullying of uh, violence mm-hmm. or sort of physical oppression. That's not usually the way it works. It's social violence. It's, yeah. it's ruining someone's life by what you can do to them on social media, what you can do to them in their social circle, what you can do to them in front of their peers. And again, to destroy their public image. And um, what's really interesting to me is uh, Nishimiya has no concept of public image as a person with a disability. She just does not care. She does not have right. the time, the energy or, or the desire mm-hmm. to care about her social, social image. Yeah. It is hard enough being deaf to then also have to, or hard of hearing, I suppose she's not yeah. completely deaf, but mm-hmm. to be extremely hard of hearing and then have to also worry about how that is conveyed to yeah. others around you. Right. No, she has no energy for that. Yeah. And so, because she has no social image, Ishida is trying to attack something Mm -hmm. that she's never going to let face her because she does not have one to begin with. This sense of, I'm going to bully her social image. I'm going to make her sound stupid, look stupid. Everyone else has already Mm -hmm. formed their own opinions. You know, in fact, the first moment I hated Ishida was literally when he did the imitating Uh, the way she speaks. Yeah. She does not care. And you can no. see that her reaction is well, more of she a... She wouldn't even know anyway because she can't hear him. Yeah, but like... <laughs> she didn't have her hearing aids at that point. So yeah. it was just... Yeah. But but even had she heard later on when people are mocking mm-hmm. her, she just kind of shrugs it off as, yeah. okay, yeah, that's what I sound like. Right. And, well, she, she clearly has accepted at a very young age that she is a burden to everybody because every time anything happens, whether she's involved or not, she apologizes. Yes, that's her... Apologizes. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's my, her... My mic cut out. <laughs> Yeah, that's her default reaction. Yeah. And it's it's just, that's what makes this so brutal is the bullying, in the end, the only reason the bullying is effective is because of the consequences it has way down the line in the high school yeah. years. Mm-hmm. N- Nishimiya had no issues, really, during elementary school. Like, right. outside of having her hearing aids destroyed, costs to her mother, mm-hmm. and some loss of potential friendships, you could honestly say Nishimi got off by American standards of bullying relatively lightly social image destroyed, but not a whole lot else. Mm -hmm. But then she gets into high school where relationships extremely matter because finding a job, finding, finding love and romance, Mm -hmm. trying to make your way as as, as an adult in the world. Now there's consequences. Now your public image, whether you meant to have one or not does matter, especially in Japan where that Mm -hmm. concept is so incredibly important to them. So now any slight, damage to her image is mm-hmm. just drastic. And it's funny how things that happen to her, I shouldn't use the word funny. It's interesting the way the things happened to her in elementary school happened to her in high school and ha- or yeah, late high school and have such mm-hmm. a much more drastic effect. Yeah. Just everything just multiplied. 
right. by hundreds. Um, and so I think as for the last couple of minutes here, we'll talk about, you know, as Americans and, and me as a former bully, I want to talk about Japanese bullying and why, and like how it's dealt with. And I think Japan's between a rock and a hard place on dealing with bullying because for Western cultures, especially American or cultures with strong individualism, it's very, very easy for us to go to each other and say, just stand up to them mm-hmm. or be a friend and intervene and stand up to them. Because for us, we're an individualistic society. We strongly value our individual identities and our own images. Yeah. And for us, it's almost a hero complex, mm-hmm. right? Where, and in fact, they even accused Ishida of having a hero complex when he tried to backtrack. Right? Right. Like, oh, you're trying to be her hero now, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's... It was, uh... Are you actually her friend or are you just here for your own selfish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, whatever. I, I, exactly. yeah. And that's what Ueno was accusing him of. Is, oh, right. you're just doing this. This, this is how you get it, get it off at night. Yeah. And um, in America, we're very much like that, where it's like, it's a hero complex. If you can step in for someone who's bullying, there's sort of that self-satisfaction mm-hmm. of, yeah, 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 fuck the bully kind of thing. And that's that happened to me. when I, Again, when I was a bully at work, folks would intervene and they enjoyed sort of the confrontation of it in yeah. the sort of, yeah, I stopped another bully. But the per- the victim still had to continue watching over the shoulder, like oh, oh I hope Pean Pean's not going to be horrible to me today, mm. you know, and kind of having to hope that I wasn't going to going to come after them again. And then they yeah. began to rely on those around them as sort of like this protective circle. Mm. Um, I can see you grinning about the name; it just makes everything harder. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, we're getting used to our lore names as much as those of you listening are. Um, but in the end, the reason I gave it up was because it had a personal impact on me. And I think for the Japanese, I think the only solution to social bullying is the consequence. Yeah. And I think Japan's hesitant to hand it out. I think teachers are hesitant in school Mm -hmm. to cause a ruckus in a classroom and to hand down punishment or to meet out control. I think principals and school administrators and school staff are hesitant to be so heavy handed, especially mm-hmm. what if we're dealing with a, with a child whose parents are influential in the yeah. community um, because of that public and private face. I think the only solution is at the child level, there has to be, or at the bullying level, whoever's being bullied, uh-huh. there has to be local consequence yeah. it, when the victim steps up and pushes back when the victim's friends stand up and push back. Mm-hmm. And when someone steps in and says, that's enough, this is bullshit you will stop or there will be other consequences until someone steps in and draws that line. I don't think it's ever going to go away. I think it's just Mm going to continue to perpetuate because, Hey, there's a payoff and in social circles, it doesn't matter what culture you are part of clicks and social circles will always exist. But the only way they dissolve is when the rewards Mm -hmm. stop being there. Yeah. That happened in my life too. My, uh, the bully that I had when I was in elementary school, um, he was really, uh, he was really rough. I didn't, it didn't really bother me too much, but, uh, he bullied absolutely everybody. And one day on the bus, he, uh, he decided to let us all know that his family, um, were like basically like circus performers and they could oh, shoot milk no. out of their nipples. Oh no. And then, oh, okay. Including his dad. And he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm learning how to do that too, but I can't do it yet. So I just get jugs of milk and put it on my armpits and pour it out. <laughs> And from then on, he was not the bully anymore. Yeah, because now you had Because anytime he did yeah. anything mean, we'd just be like, yeah, okay, milk nipple, you <laughs> fucking weirdo. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, I mean, I, I hope it gets better. And and I think, again, the onus is going to lie on sort of the victim. Oh, man, and I feel bad about that. Like, anytime yeah. you talk about a victim of a situation and going, mm-hmm. uh, putting the onus on them to step up, and deal with it like you know example you know uh trigger warning uh, dealing with rape reporting and that sort of thing yeah having to rely on the victim for that feels bad because you're like yeah. man this this should not even happen why do i have to go to the victim and put mm-hmm. the situation into their hands a traumatic situation in their hands just so we can resolve it yeah. but because of japan's social expectations i think it's the only way this is ever going to go away yeah i don't think any outside influence especially foreign influence mm. is ever going to do anything yeah it, it, it'll perpetuate yeah well, anyway, now that you've all gotten to enjoy uh, a wonderful second half of talking about hard issues, but hey, that's the fun of it is you listen mm-hmm. to the fun of the first half and then we uh, come and crush your soul in the second half. Yeah. Um, but we hope you've all enjoyed our second episode. Once again, this is going to be a, a weekly uh, podcast, so definitely tune in. It's going to be released on Tuesday mornings. That's the current goal. If that uh, ever begins to change, I'll make sure to, uh, to let everybody know. Mm-hmm. You can check out our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Acast. We are hosted proudly by Acast. And uh, we hope to see you next week. 
I've been Ping Ping. And I'm you, you. <laughs> you, you, yeah. You, you, yeah. You, Chan. It's really hard for me not to say union. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's okay. It's, if, if you want to be union, that's hey, fine. I mean, I'll, I'll, know, she's kind of fun. She's I'll, underrated. I'll be Begumin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks for tuning into the Shinigami Love Apples podcast, and we will see you next week. no witty comment this time yeah i was just thinking about that actually i was like aren't we gonna say something after the show uh yeah. no uh this wasn't even brought to it by uh, by anybody we skipped is, all of the this is brought to you by verizon 5g oh uh, yeah, yeah if that they don't even service our area very well <laughs>